Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Launch Codes Football. My e. name is Chris. And I'm Chelsea. And today we're going to be talking about week 12 of the NFL season. So we're just going to dive right into it today because today's going to be a little bit shorter of an episode, but we still have a good one planned out. So, woop woop. so Chelsea, I think um, I think you have a big thing game you want to talk about this week. So go for it. Oh, goodness. Everyone knows where I'm going with this. This is not going to come as a surprise to anyone. My game I'm headlining is Colts Packers. Guys, when I say this game about wiped me out, I'm really not kidding. This was in my top 10 list of most stressful games I've ever watched in my life. Anyways, title, Colts take down a Super Bowl hopeful in the NFC. We got the win, 34 to 31, in overtime. Oh my gosh, this game was horrible. I have never hated an offensive line more in my entire life. I have never hated Aaron Rodgers more in my entire life. Not really. You're cool, Aaron. You're just stressing me out. Why you gotta be able to throw it like 70 yards without even moving your arm that much? Like, it's not even fair. I'm so glad I don't play in the NFC because then I have to deal with him all the time. Anyways, so. A couple of highlights. Michael Pittman snags his first career touchdown of the year. Had a breakout game two weeks in a row. He's had, I think, just under 400 yards receiving the last two weeks. Uh, he had three receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor finally had his breakout game. He finally needed 22 carries, 90 yards. He averaged above 4.0 a carry in the second half of the game. He would have had 32 more yards and a touchdown but they were negated by penalties thanks to the offensive line. So really he had a 122 yard day and a touchdown, but we're just not going to talk about it. Uh, Phillip rivers was almost perfect. 24 36 for 288 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. And honestly, Rogers played even better than that going 27 of 38 for 311 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Colts rush defense really showed up this game, holding Aaron Jones to under 50 yards and just one touchdown. Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, and had over 100 yards and a touchdown. But I mean, if you can shut the running game down, you can beat the Packers as was once proven. So Colts defense once again proves why it is the best in the NFL. And I will be the first to admit that they did not look like the best defense in the league in the first half. They look real rough. I was like, guys. The one year people actually think we have the best defense. Don't give up on me now, please. But gave up 28 points in the first half. It's pretty bad. Most teams don't even score more than 28 points in a game. So you would think that that would be insurmountable. But yet, Phillip Rivers led the crew back for the victory. Um, yeah, so 28 points in the first half, three in the second, and they didn't come until the very last drive with like a minute left in the fourth quarter. So the defense did not give up, essentially didn't give up any points the second half. So we love a good halftime adjustment. Um, halftime adjustments reign supreme. Four turnover day for the Packers, which is very atypical, especially for a Super Bowl contender. You don't expect that many turnovers or even any turnovers for a team that's vying to win the Super Bowl. Rodgers fumbled a ball in the first quarter that ended up right in the arms of Darius Leonard, as it should, considering Aaron Rodgers said Darius Leonard was not the best linebacker in the league, and Darius Leonard was very offended. So hopefully Aaron Rodgers thinks differently now. 
Uh, Rodgers threw just his fourth interception of the season right into the arms of Rock Yasin, who undercut Valdez Scantling. Poor Valdez Scantling. I really feel for him. He had such a bad game. He didn't even, like, some of, like, his catches were fine, but he got undercut for a pick, and then he fumbled the game-winning ball that led the Colts to win. I really feel bad for that man. Apparently, he was receiving death threats, which is just terrible and unnecessary and hopefully not from Colts fans because I would like to think we're a better fan base than that but gosh yeah he had a bad day and he's not even a bad player I mean he's not like you know he's not a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two but he's a solid depth guy and he can definitely show up when Aaron Rodgers needs him to so I feel bad for the guy um obviously I don't feel bad that we won but I feel bad for him you know uh Darius Shepard fumbled the kick return at the start of the fourth quarter due to a Cassius Marsh tackle who caused the turnover and a Tavon Wilson recovery. Let me just say Cassius Marsh got signed to the practice squad like three weeks ago, started, not started, played in his first game last week, second game this week, I do believe. And he helped the Colts win. So great depth pickup Ballard. You're doing good. Uh, Let's see. Valdez Scantling, obviously the overtime fumble caused by potential defensive rookie of the year, Julian Blackman recovered by the huge offseason pickup to Forrest Buckner. So we have one underrated rookie out of Utah who no one thought was going to be good after he came off a serious injury in college, making plays literally every week. Literally, I kid you not, from this point on, every time we are in a tough at-the-game situation, literally I was watching the game. I said, I looked at Conlon. I went, Conlon, Julian Blackman's going to do something, and what do I tell you? He did. Maybe I just, I just know he did. I said he was going to get a pick, which he didn't, but he still did. I screamed when that happened. When I tell you I screamed, really, just ask Conlon. His ears probably hurt after that. Also, everyone else who lives in my house, ears hurt after that. (laughs) Um, Back to what I was saying about the penalties. Fourth quarter, last drive. We get the ball. Stop the Packers. Run Jonathan Taylor. Holding. Run Jordan Wilkins, holding. Run Jonathan Taylor, motion penalty. Six penalties on the last drive in the fourth quarter. The fact that we even won this game, we did not even deserve to after doing that and giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. We really didn't. I have never been so mad at an offensive line in my whole life. And I love the Colts offensive line. Quentin Nelson, he is a beast. They're great. But oh my gosh, I about blew up. That was terrible. Even the GM and the owner of the team called the line out after the game. That's how bad it was. And we're not really known for, you know, being a heavy penalized team. Oh, I was so mad. I had to bear through some terrible offensive line years in my life, guys, and I have never been more mad at the Colts O-line than in that game. And that is saying something because the best person that we had on the O-line in the Peyton Manning era was Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday, who was really good. And Anthony Costanza, but everyone else was terrible. But I've never been more mad. That's fine. And then our kicker, most points scored for kickers in the league as a rookie. Rodrigo Blankenship, a.k.a. the Blanket, according to Wiles, missed a 50-yard field goal in the game. 
And I about fell over. I'm not even going to lie. 50 yards? 50 yards is nothing for an NFL kicker. Kickers be making like 68 yarders now. I was I was mad. But luckily I was on YouTube. Or not YouTube. I was on Twitter yesterday. And I was looking at Pat McAfee. And he had Rodrigo on for an interview. And naturally he asked him about the kick that he missed. Apparently he chunked the ground before he hit the ball. Which is why it went like not that far. So he really actually would have made it if he hadn't chunked the ball. But he did. So credit to Pat McAfee on Twitter for relieving some of my stress at an unwarranted rookie who doesn't deserve it. But it's okay. He made up for it in overtime, stealing the game with a 39-yard boot straight down the middle. Colts go 7-3, and three, are ranked 10th in the NFL Power Rankings and 4th in Yahoo Sports. Like, thank you, Yahoo Sports, for recognizing we're good. I don't know if we're 4th good, but, I mean, I'm fine with it. So the game consisted of a lot of anger. A lot of screaming, a lot of joy, and a lot of hatred of offensive lines. The beauty of the NFL. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. Sounds like it was a heck of a day for you. So It was. uh, Had to recover after. Yeah. And I mean, hey, credit to Blankenship. He made the game winner. So, you know, that's the thing about being a kicker in the NFL. One day you're loved, one day you're hated. But right now he's loved, so. He's no Steven Goskowski, that's for sure. <laughs> um, okay, well, I appreciate the take on it, Chelsea. I was very interested to hear what you had on this game. So I actually am want to get into the Thursday night game between the Seahawks and Cardinals. Specifically, I want to get into the last drive of the game because we got to take a look at this. I think the Cardinals, okay, I think overall they didn't play a bad game, but I think on this last drive, it just, there was just a lot of inept aptitude on the offense and it really looked bad. And I'll get into a little bit of it. I, um, so my main problem with the final drive was they tried several long balls at the end of the game that failed. So we'll dive a little bit into it. So often the offense on the final drive of the game, um, they were down by, they were down by about a touchdown. They needed to score a touchdown. And so the offense used a lot of short plays to make their way up the field, lots of chunk screens and uh, small plays to be able to make their way. And eventually they made it to this Seattle 27 yard line. I'm thinking in this game, okay, wow, they've moved the ball fairly easily um, and they've looked good while doing it. They've ran some trickery by running Chase Edmonds up the middle. You don't normally think a team is going to run in that situation, but they're getting good gains on each play. Now, I understand that um, defenses tend to play a little bit more lax defense because they don't want to get beat. But I really think if you just look at this final, these final four downs. So the first down, Kyler, Kyler looks deep. They ran somewhat of a screen play. What looks to the right, they had three guys on the right and or three receivers on the right two of them ran up it almost looked like another screen play but they but then kyler tried to look and throw deep when he had a guy to the right that could have probably made a few yards of offense but i guess credit to the defender as well he kind of read it because they said that that they had been they had been hit by a couple screen plays already so maybe the defender was expecting it so that one it's first down i don't blame them for looking at a shot but it ended up with a throwaway so that's nothing on that one um, on second down, Kyler then tries to throw to Fitzgerald, who is double covered in the end zone. He tries to throw like a 20 plus yard bomb to him and 
it just ends in a batted down pass. And I mean, I know Fitzgerald, I know he's probably a hall of famer one day. He's good, but especially like nowadays, he's just, you're not going to, th- you don't throw into double coverage like that. It could have very easily been a pick and the game could have been over. Rogers. Exactly. But, <laughs> but then on third down. So right before the play is snapped, Cliff Kingsbury calls a timeout and Kyler, you can see, he looks very frustrated on the, in the field. He's like, what the heck are like, why did we call a timeout? He looks mad about it. So then you've already got that. Everyone can tell he's frustrated. Then on third down, Kyler throws another long ball to Isabella and that is also in double coverage now it looked kind of open I don't necessarily blame him for throwing the ball but yet again it was a it was another long ball in in double coverage when if you look he had another short gain right there to Fitzgerald which would have gotten them almost the first down or it might have gotten them the first down so now we're on fourth down and then Seattle rushes four they have to go deep this time because it's fourth and ten and Kyler gets sacked, and that's the ball game. So, overall, what a sad way to end. Exactly. I really thought the the game was a good game overall. And credit to Seattle's defense; they played well by the end. They were they were playing well. They were covering receivers. But I think the the questionable things that I'm just wondering with this was they didn't try. I mean, it's not like they were in that big of a rush for time. I mean, it's not like there were 15 seconds left in the game. So they had to get a touchdown. They had enough time to be able to get some chunk plays, get out of bounds. Um, but they really they kept trying to go for the home, home run play. And I, and I know you want to play aggressive and maybe that's how their offense works. They want to score a lot of points and that's not always a bad thing, but you have to give what the defense or take what the defense gives you. And also they didn't target Hopkins on those final four plays at all. I mean, he had just made one of the most incredible catches I think I've ever seen. And you don't go to him once. I mean, they went to Fitzgerald a lot, who I'm not saying is a bad option. And I know they have a lot of talent all over that offense, but I just think you've got to try Hopkins at least once on that final drive, especially when you've gotten first, second, third down that aren't working. I think you've got to try and make something happen for him, set something up so he can go get it. And, but overall, I just thought it was poor play calling and poor decision-making by Kyler. I mean, just two batted down balls, like timeout by the coach where Kyler looked frustrated. I mean, and just, kept throwing deep to some it just wasn't working so So question what's up do you think that that last drive is more on kyler or more on cliff because i mean i'm pretty sure cliff calls the plays right well so i look at it this way i think on the third down where he threw to isabella i think that is more on murray because yeah the play calling is what it is but he had or he had fitzgerald right there in the middle would have been a pretty easy catch for Fitz, and it would have almost been the f- first down. So I think on that play, that's him. I don't know exactly what the play call is, was for the first down. I don't know if they were meant to run a screen again, like a wide receiver screen. But yeah, um, so we don't. Sometimes know. you can tell when the play call is the coach's fault. Like when mm-hmm. the Panthers call seven screens in a row, like that's obviously the play caller's fault you know, or the coach's fault. That's not the quarterback's fault. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you thought like where more of the, the blame lies and then not targeting Hopkins at Hopkins at all. That's wild. Yeah. He's the best receiver in the league. Like 
give him a shot. If you're going to throw it to the end zone, don't throw it to Fitz. Nothing against Fitz. I mean, throw it to <laughs> throw it to the man. I mean, he just beat triple coverage a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I mean, overall, like I believe that play calling, yes, it definitely can be on coaches. I, I definitely believe that. But also Kyler is choosing to throw the ball in these situ- in those situations. The coaches are not the ones making him throw the ball. Um, on to like normally, I I feel like on a lot of plays, quarterbacks have multiple options to go to, and so that's why I thought that with this set of this drive, I think it might be more on Kyler. I mean, he was throwing them, and I mean, like I said, credit to Seattle's defense; they were playing well. They were getting to the receivers, but it was also it kind of felt like to me maybe uh, Kyler was getting red, and also yeah, the coaches weren't were just. I don't know if they were making him go, go for it, like go for a big throw, but I don't know. I, I don't know their playbook or what the coach's philosophy is, but overall it is the one Kyler is the one ultimately throwing the ball in those situations. Maybe the coaches should have just stopped sending so many receivers deep on the, that last drive. I don't know, but I just think overall it wasn't good by either the coaching staff or Kyler by the end. And I mean, I know the receivers, I think they did the best they could with what they had from what I saw. And also the offensive, one of the linemen got beat on fourth down to get sacked by the end of the game. Um, Seattle rushed four. And I mean, it was a one-on-one guy on the right side got beat and that was it. So um, yeah, I mean, that's it's a shameful way for the Cardinals to end the game. It sucks that they ended that way. I still think they're good. I think they'll be fine that they'll learn from that, but Overall, it just wasn't a it wasn't a clean drive by the end. Yeah, I just wonder what Cardinals Reddit thought about that drive because knowing Colts Reddit, they're probably very angry. Yeah, maybe so. Um, but yeah, and kind of a a little bit another game I did want to cover and talk about. I think that um, I don't have a lot to say about this, but I just wanted to mention because I thought it was interesting. So. The Panthers ended up this weekend shutting out the Lions, held them to zero, which crazy, which is crazy because yeah, it their defense hasn't been very good this year. Um, they just haven't been. The game before against Tampa. Now I know Tampa is very loaded in a lot of ways, but the defense didn't play very well. Um, the Panthers apparently took out Whitehead as the middle linebacker and put somebody else in. Um, a lot of fans don't really like Whitehead as the middle linebacker. And I mean, to be honest, he was one of the reasons that Ronald Jones got the 99 yard touchdown. Shaq Thompson called out the play because it was the same one that Leonard Fournette had beaten them in week two. Um, Shaq Thompson called it out and Whitehead was on the wrong side of the field. Ronald Jones gets a 99 yard touchdown. Um, To be fair, Panthers fan standard for middle linebacker is Luke Keekley. Yeah. So no one's ever going to meet their requirements but to hear why head he's pretty bad like no hate he just hasn't had a good season he hasn't i mean i don't you know like we don't this is nothing luke personal keekly would but... have run him over <laughs> he would not have gotten run over by ronald jones luke keekly would have run ronald jones over exactly and i think you can tell they definitely miss keekly but i think overall though the defense against the lions they looked good um they shut them out you shut an nfl team out that's impressive pj walker started his First game in the NFL. He's been in the NFL before, but this was his first game as a starting quarterback. 
and he looked good at times. Um, Do you know where he lived before the Panthers? Where's that? The Colts practice squad. Literally the amount of times I have gotten notifications. PJ Walker has been signed to the practice squad. PJ Walker has been re-signed to the 50-man roster. PJ Walker has been let go of the fifth. Literally, it was every week. It became a meme. That's so funny. But I do like him because he owned the practice squad. Exactly. Preseason. He honestly, he looked good. He has a sharp arm. He's got a strong arm. He's good at throwing on the run. And I mean, he hit DJ Moore for a very nice pass for about 40 yards. And I think just looking at that game, he did make a couple mistakes in the end zone, throwing two interceptions. But overall, he still looked good. The offense didn't look fantastic or you know, something completely different, but it was enough to win the game and win it 20 to zero. The lions, I'm going to be honest. They look terrible. Their offensive line let up like five sacks. Brian Burns had a literally the easiest sacks of his career where the offensive line just had communication issues. They would try and block and they would just, they would just miss assignments or they there was a lot of miscommunication, drop balls. Matt Stafford, you could tell his while it wasn't his throwing hand, his other hand was really or his thumb was really bothering him. He dropped a he dropped a snap and it resulted in a turnover. The Lions just everything that they did was bad. People were dropping balls. The everything was just going wrong. Everything that could go wrong went wrong in this game. And that's not a good sign for the Lions in the future. I know sometimes that just happens in games. Your team can just lay an egg, and that's just the way that it is. I've been there playing sports. Sometimes your team just sucks, and it's just like, what's going on? But the Lions, this the problem is like this, this season hasn't been that great for them. They were hunting for the playoffs, and this is a game they needed to win. But overall, Was that a Lions joke? I mean, I think plenty the Lions fans make those jokes enough for everybody. So overall, though, impressive um, defense by the Panthers. PJ Walker, nice start. Lions should be very concerned, and you could see some major changes in the offseason. For sure. Definitely. So, yeah. The other game, I'm going to headline. Not going to take that long to talk about it because, honestly, the matchup was terrible. But the big storyline that came out of it, Bengals at Washington, Joe Burrow out for the season with a nasty knee injury, which as a fan, you just hate to see, right? Because I'm not a Bengals fan. I'm not particularly a Joe Burrow fan. Like, you know, he's fine. But you never want to see a 21, 22-year-old kid bust their leg wide open. I just feel bad for him. Very Mm -hmm. bad injury. He tore his ACL along with his MCL, and he has other structural damage due to getting sandwiched by a Washington pass rush on a third down passing play, which like you just you hate to see it because, you know, normally when people tear their ACL, that's what seven, eight month recovery. But ACL, MCL and structural damage. I heard a news report that they can't even do surgery on him until the swelling goes down. So he very well might not even be able to get his ACL repaired for like another week or two because of how bad it is and how messed up it is. Like they can't even get to the knee because of how swollen it is. So catch Joe Burrow with like 17 ice packs on his leg this week. But honestly, I just feel bad. The recovery timetable is a year at least. Some, Some speculate he may not even play in 2021. 
depending on the seriousness of the injury. Head coach Zach Thomas expects him to be back at the beginning of 2021 of the season. But honestly, I'd be surprised if he was because it was bad. The broadcast, the live TV broadcast didn't even re-show the play because of how bad it was. It was terrible. I know. And like, Mm. you know, that leaves you to wonder, like, will he ever be the same? With not only because you can heal from a ACL and MCL. Some people don't even get their MCLs repaired as athletes because it's not necessary. So you can survive without it. But the structural damage, I think, is probably the most worrying thing. Not even the ACL or the MCL. So, you know, I hope that he's the same. This rookie quarterback class is insane with Herbert and Tua and Burrow. And you just hate to see one of the big three go down when they were both when they were all having good seasons. Mm-hmm. And he was having a solid rookie campaign all while being on a sucky team. So I mean, I heard one commentator say that they think that the Bengals should consider not even playing him in 2021 and just drafting O line two years in a row to protect him because he literally has no one. Guess we know who they're taking in the first round of the draft, huh? I just, I feel bad just as a fan. I just feel bad. Like the Bengals, they were already bad and they finally went out and got their guy and he was so good. And now he's very injured. I just just hate to see it. It breaks my heart. Uh, Prayer is definitely up for Joe Burrow. Hopefully Mm -hmm. he heals appropriately and is able to come back and play at the same level. Um, And I know that he'll still be involved with the team. You know, he'll be in meetings and practices and, you know, stuff like that you know, being an encourager and a leader for sure, because that's his personality, but you just hate to see it. So I just wanted to highlight that Washington get, did get another win. Talk about another quarterback who uh, dealt with some serious knee problems. Alex Smith led the Washington football team to what their third victory of the season. I think it was. That's crazy. I mean, remembering his injury, the fact that he's even back out on the football field playing professionally or all is wild. So the fact that, you know, this Joe Burrow injury happened while he was playing against Alex Smith, who understands what it's like to go through a catastrophic leg injury, like you really can't find a better mentor for that, right? Because I guarantee Mm -hmm. you that Alex Smith has reached out to him because that's just the kind of person Alex Smith is. I mean, even yeah. Chase Young on the Washington football team came over and patted Joe Burrow on the head. I mean, they played against each other in college. They were competitors, friends, rivals. You just you hate to see it. So prayers up for Joey B. Yeah, really, really just makes you realize this game hurts. And I mean, it's it can really can really mess some people up, but hopefully Joe Burrow is able to get back in healthy. I know he probably wants to, you know, get back out there eventually and just um, take some time to heal up with this. But um, yeah, we'll have to see what the Bengals do with this. You know, how serious of an injury is this or what? I mean, obviously it's a very serious injury, but as far as long-term career success, is this going to Mm -hmm. stunt that or we don't know? It makes you wonder if because they're pretty bad right they'll be able to get a top five pick probably and you have three to four top five caliber quarterbacks that'll be in the draft so it makes you wonder like based on the severity like what do they do do they go take another quarterback and in case joe doesn't pan out and then trade him 
Like, do they waste a first round pick on that? Or do they stick by Joe draft a lineman, you know, something like that. I just, it'll be interesting to see what path they take. Cause I really don't hope, I really hope that they don't give up on Joe Burrow after half a season. Yeah. Cause he doesn't deserve that, you know, and I don't think they will, but it would not surprise me at all if they went out and picked someone else. Yeah. Like if his injury didn't heal appropriately, if he wasn't looking the same, if his morale goes down or something, I could see them going and taking someone else, but I hope they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think overall they, they, I think they should stick with him and at least see how he looks, but I don't think another quarterback is just going to solve all their problems. I think they really need to address the situation like the offensive line and really just, I mean, build from there because if they can address that situation, you can have a good quarterback. And if you don't have a very good offensive line, you're not going to be that great or your success Uh, on offense is going to be limited. uh, You mean the Colts? Hey, the Colts have a good offensive line, but I don't know what happened. Peyton Manning era. Oh, okay. Not now. I'm talking about Andrew Luck era. Not now. All right. Fair Uh, enough. I understand Bengals fans. I really do. (laughs) Um, All right. So I think we're just going to wrap things up here with our picks of the week. So um, let's get right into it. So Texans at Lions. So Chelsea, who do you got for this game? Lions. I think that even though they're very bad, that the Texans are worse. <laughs> That's fair. I'm going to go with the Texans on this one because they did just beat the Patriots this past week. And from what I saw from watching that Panthers-Lions game, the Lions looked very rough. Now, I know they were missing their starting running back or one of their very good ones and that Matt Stafford has a hurt hand and stuff. But Also, well, Galladay or Galladay was out. Yeah, Galladay was out. Mm-hmm. So I think... Just kind of looking at that, I mean, we'll see if they are able to... I think if they're healthy, they are the favorites to win. But I think right now, I'm going to go with the Texans. Um, next game we got here is Washington at Cowboys. Um, I'm going with Washington on this one. I'm actually going to make a kind of a bold prediction here. I think Washington Ta-ta-ta. will win. The, I think they're going to win the division. I agree. A lot of people think it'll be the Giants or Eagles. And the Eagles just look now nobody really looks good in this division but yeah it'll either be the eagles or washington i mean i think the giants have looked better recently um wayne gallman has been good for them and they've been getting things done but i just think overall i'm gonna pick washington to win this division but we'll see how it goes but i've got them winning this game even though the cowboys just won last weekend so I also have Washington, unless Mike McCarthy encourages his team by smashing more watermelons with jackhammers. Um, If that happens, the Cowboys will definitely win. However, I think that's just a one-time encouragement method. So I'm going to go with Washington. That sounds pretty hype, though. Not even going to lie. They should have gotten it on video. I don't know if they did or not, but I want to see McCarthy smashing watermelons with a giant sledgehammer. Not a jackhammer, my mistake. It was a sledgehammer sledgehammer so because that obviously makes a difference Mm -hmm. but i still got washington sorry mike all right next game we got ravens at steelers i'm going with the steelers i think they're gonna remain undefeated ravens have looked rough in the past couple games i picked i picked them and they're just they haven't been able to pick it back up and i don't think this is the game they're gonna be able to turn it around now it could but 
as of right now, I'm going with the Steelers. So, Yeah, I got the Steelers too, especially since Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins will be out of the game with COVID. So Gus Edwards, the bus, will be leading the way, but I don't think he's as good as J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. And I think that the Ravens are having a really rough stretch, kind of looking like pretenders. So I'm going with the Steelers at home on Thanksgiving. Turkey legs included. Fair enough. Uh, Next game we got Raiders at Falcons. I'm going with the Raiders. They put up a tough game against the Chiefs the other night, and I think they're better than the Falcons. So I'm also going with the Raiders because they're playing the Falcons. No more needs to be said. All right, there we go. Honestly. (laughs) All right, Chargers at Bills. So I'm going to be honest. I thought about picking the Chargers. I think they're going to. Of course you did. I think they're going to make it close. And I'm like, they've got to win one of these close games, right? They they seem to just compete with anyone. Justin Herbert's looked good and their offense is able to put up points to compete with any team, but they've just had trouble finishing. So I have to, I have to go with the bills here, but I think this game could be very close. So I think that the chargers can beat the bills if they can shut down the running game. However, I don't think that they will be able to shut down the whole offense. The bills are coming off a bye week. They'll be rested. Justin Herbert is amazing and will obviously make it a competitive game. I think it'll be close, but I'm going to go with the Bills as well. All right. So the next game we got, Giants at Bengals. So I'm going with the Giants. I think, especially after losing Joe Burrow, the Bengals aren't – I mean, they they weren't really a good team before, but I think even now it's going to look – worse and i think the giants they haven't been playing terrible you know they've been able to be competitive and win some games so i think the giants have a shot to win their division too even though it's not a very good division i know that but i'm gonna go with the giants on this one i think that this is just a matchup of two very terrible teams um i really wanted to pick the Bengals, but then joey b got hurt And I definitely don't think that there's a chance that they'll win without him. Sorry, Ryan Finley, Mr. NC State guy. I think you're good, but I don't think you're Joey Burrow. Um, Also, Joe Mixon has been put on IR, so they're not going to have him again. I'm wondering how this is going to affect T. Higgins and his production with Joe Burrow going down. But hopefully he still produces for my fantasy team. But I got the Giants because I think that they're slightly less bad there you go Not because they're good <laughs> I, I agree so next we have titans at Colts. oh how dare you i see your pick <sighs> i picked the titans this is actually a tough one the titans and Colts have just come off a very i think they were both in overtime um derrick henry were, yeah. had a had a game winning run to beat the ravens and now and then the Colts, you know winning their game but Man, this is honestly a toss-up, but I'm going with the Titans. I'm going with the Colts because we already beat the Titans, and we're playing at home this time. And the Colts have fans, like 10,000 of them. There you go. I think. Also, that's... I think Jonathan Taylor is going to go over 100 yards this week, and I think that Pittman's going to get another touchdown. And I think T.Y. Hilton's going to get a touchdown. It's week 12. It's his time. 
this is his time to shine. Ty, they need you to come back strong. So seriously, please. All right, next game we got Browns at Jags. I'm going with the Browns. I think they're just a much better team than the Jaguars. Which years ago we wouldn't have been saying that, but retweet. Uh, 2020 is an odd year, so I'm going with the Browns. Somehow the Browns are six and three. Will we know how? No. Have they beat any Super Bowl contending teams? No. But are they six and three? Yes. They'll be seven and three after this week. All right. Next game, Panthers at Vikings. I may be biased, but I'm going with the Panthers on this one. But he had to have at least one upset pick every week. Because we can't just pick the same ones. And also the Vikings and the Panthers have the same record. And I know the Vikings, they just lost to the Cowboys. So and the Panthers are coming off a win with their defense looking good. I don't know what it's going to look like. I think the Vikings are probably better than their record lets on. But I'm going to go with the Panthers on this one. And if Teddy Bridgewater comes back, let me tell you, I think he's looking I think he's looking forward to this game. He really wants to come back for this one. So I'm going with the Panthers on this one. I do think that you have valid points, especially with the Panthers' defense and Christian McCaffrey's week to week. So if he comes back this game, that obviously gives them more of a shot, more of a mm-hmm. shot. But I'm going to go with the Vikings. I think that Dalvin Cook is going to run a lot. Yeah, probably. He's probably going. I mean, I think you Dalvin can Cook- stop him. You'll win. But if you can't, you won't win. I mean, we'll see how the Panthers Plus, do. Plus, Adam Thielen's also on the COVID list. I don't know if he'll be off by the game. So it will really be Dalvin Cook. All right. It'll be an interesting one. Next game, we got the Cardinals playing the Patriots. I'm going the Cardinals. I know they just lost to the Seahawks, but the Seahawks are a pretty good team, in my opinion. And the Patriots, they're not the best. I think it could be close, though. I think it'll be a close game. So, But I got Kyler Murray and the cards coming out. So. Yeah, I got the cards too. Patriots just somehow managed to lose to the Bill O'Brien-less Texans. So maybe the Texans aren't as bad with Bill O'Brien gone. But yeah, I still have the Cardinals. I think that it will be a good game for the first quarter. And I think Hopkins will moss someone. I think that's a... That's a it's sensible salty. He didn't get the ball this week. So I predict he'll moss someone, maybe someone's who knows, but next game dolphins at jets. You know, I almost wanted to pick the jets just for the heck oh of it, gosh. but I'm going to go with the dolphins, the jets. Just, yeah. I mean the dolphins, I know they just lost a game, but I think they'll bounce back and win this one. So I'm going to got benched because of his performance. But Brian Flores said he was not going to be permanently benched. He has a revenge game against the Jets. Hopefully Mike Isecki gets like three touchdowns because he's really letting me down in fantasy this year. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens in this game. So next game, we got Saints at Broncos. I'm going with the Saints. They their offense wasn't spectacular last week, but they still held the Falcons to under 10 points. So I'm like going to go I talked with about last week, Drew Locke is not legit. 
I think that Taysom Hill is currently playing better than he is, which I never thought I'd say in my life. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints. Their defense has looked really good. Taysom Hill can do everything under the sun, apparently, except throw it a really long way. So hopefully he works out. But I'm going with the Saints at mile high. Okay. Next game we got 49ers at Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams. 49ers, I think, would have been better without all the injuries that they've had. But I know that a lot of teams can say that, but I think the 49ers, especially this year, can say that with all the injuries they've had. So I'm going to, but I'm going to go with the Rams. They just beat Tampa on Monday Night Football, and I don't think Tampa's a bad team. Obviously, I think they're good, and I think the Rams, I think they're – they could be a, a real threat. I mean, they've been getting at first. I wasn't sh- sold on them, but I actually think they're pretty good. So, yeah, I got the Rams too. The 49ers have no one, and the Rams have everyone, including Aaron Donald. That's all I have to say about that. Their defense is legit. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and other players Jaylen that are Ramsey, just making plays. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey against. Mike Evans only gave up three catches. It was like under five, I know, because he gave up that touchdown. Actually, he didn't. He wasn't on that side when Evans scored that crazy touchdown. But when he was matched up against Evans, Evans, I'm pretty sure he only gave up two or three catches. So one could say he actually won that matchup. Okay. Next game we got Chiefs at Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks on this one. I don't know if they're well, the better team overall. And – I think this is kind of a toss-up game. I know the Bucks just lost on Monday Night Football, and but honestly, you know, I think that if the Bucks can just okay, the Chiefs' defense is not that good, and I don't it's think better they're than t- I thought it was, but it's still not great. Yeah, and I think honestly, the Bucks maybe they just need to be more of a run team. I and I think the Chiefs' defense. I mean, I remember when the Panthers and Chiefs were playing. Christian McCaffrey was just running through them, and oh, and I know that's Christian McCaffrey. That's what he does. But you know, the Bucks have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, and I really would like to see the Bucks use them more. I think if they just started running the ball more, I think eventually you'd see the passing game open up even more than it has. I know they have weapons on offense for the for receivers, but I think they if just they need can, to gel. Mm-hmm. And I think though that the Chiefs defense isn't that great. I think their offense, of course, is probably the best in the league. But if they can run the ball more in this game and get that run game going, it could open up their passing game and you could see a close one. And I could see the Bucks pulling this out. So I'm going to pick them. I'm picking the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomed. Sorry, not sorry, Tom. All right. Bears at Packers. I'm going the Packers. I think they'll have Same. a bounce back game this week, and I think they're gonna they're gonna play well. So, yeah, we don't even know who's starting at quarterback for the Bears this week. Apparently, Nick Foles might not start, but Mitch Trubisky also might not start. So I really don't know who's gonna start, but I know Aaron Rodgers is starting. I got the pack. I think that's a fair assessment. And the last game we got here, Seahawks at Eagles. I'm going with the Seahawks. I think they're a better team than the Eagles. Eagles looked very rough against the Browns. It was kind of close, but 
I don't think Carson Wentz isn't playing that well at quarterback. A lot of fans want Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I don't know if that'll fix everything, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think they're a better team all around. Yep, I'm picking the Seahawks too. The Eagles are in the NFC East, which is trash. I think the Eagles have talent, but I don't think they have enough talent to be a contender in the Seahawks. The Seahawks have shown that they can definitely be suspicious and that they're definitely beatable, but I don't think that they're beatable by the Eagles, and I think that DK Metcalf will run 24 miles per hour faster than he did when he chased down the interception. And I think he'll get a touchdown, and I think that he will just eat because the Eagles' secondary is just not that good. I could see it happening. But, DK, um, DK. <laughs> well, I think that's all we got for this week. So I just wanted to say thank you for listening, everyone. Um, we're going to get this up on several different um, apps and be able so we're able to Woo-woo. not only be on YouTube, but also be able to listen through Spotify, um, app, Apple Podcasts, and other things. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Let's go. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at underscore lcf football <laughs> o-o-t-b-a-l-l underscore and instagram at launch codes football and our youtube channel launch codes football i'm chris and i'm chelsea and we'll see you next week bye